Good morning, everyone. This is Rona Palmer from Fluke Excelix, and thanks for joining us for today's Best Practices webinar. And in our Best Practice webinar series, we tend to focus on maintenance strategies and solutions that can really help drive performance in your plant's operation. And we invite guest speakers from a variety of backgrounds to share their expertise and their experiences. And I'm really delighted to have with us today a Bob McKenna, who is the Manufacturing Asset Management Application Specialist and Lead at Dana Inc. And he's going to be presenting today's topic on how Dana Inc. is undergoing a transformation to a digital factory. And I want to say I've had the pleasure of working with Bob since 2014 when he first became an e-main client and embarked upon this journey. And perhaps those of you uh, who attended our Accelerate conference recently in Florida last month might have heard Bob speak where he shared some keys to success with our attendees. So anyway, really happy to, uh, to have him present a, a rather exciting presentation today. So good morning, Bob, and thanks for joining us. Well, good morning, uh, Rona, and I do uh, appreciate you letting me take on a time and, and show some of the tips and of the trade that we're doing. It's like an exciting time, and we're certainly looking forward to moving forward. Well, great. And Bob, just while we give our listeners a, a few moments to finish logging in and getting situated, maybe you could share, you know, your company is, is doing this global rollout. It's a tremendous, you know, commitment of an organization to undertake that this kind of journey and um, digitizing factories. And maybe you can share what were the precipitating factors that had Dana Inc. Um, embark upon this path? Oh, I'd be glad to. Actually, we have a great CEO and, and, uh, management team and what we did is we did some presentations showing them what what we can do with uh, with our processes and how they work and uh, one of the problems that have been in the past when you have a global organization is when you're, you're spread out like that you have these silo plants if you will and the one thing that we wanted to do was get away from that and make it very visible for uh, everyone from the corporate office to the plant floor what can what can they see what can they do and then how is the plant reacting and and keeping up to speed so that's probably one of the uh the things that drove our company to saying hey let's make this happen and then uh then the commitment from our from our upper management and telling us uh, go ahead let's get it done so i kind of like that and and it's exciting to to see this happening now and and some of the some of the new technologies that we're rolling out is just awesome Great. I'm sure listeners are, we're all looking forward to seeing it. All right. Well, before I turn things over to Bob to get started, a few quick housekeeping items to go over. We're recording today's session, so I have your phone lines muted to minimize any background noise, but uh, Bob has agreed to stay at the conclusion of his presentation and answer any questions you may have. But please feel free to type your questions at any time into the questions feature and go to webinar and then I will read them to Bob at the conclusion of the, of the presentation. 
Also, if you'd like to receive um, a copy of today's slides, there'll be a brief survey when we end the webinar where you can check a box and indicate that you'd like to receive the slides. All right, I think that's it for the housekeeping, Bob. So uh, let me turn it over to you. All right, well, thank you very much. Uh, one of the things I will be telling you is, is a little bit about Dana, for example, that you might not know. Uh, we do have a global presence. We are currently in 33 countries. We now have 139 major facilities, a little over, um, over 32,000 employees, and we deal with uh, 15,000 customers in 141 different countries. Some of our, our uh, people that we deal with are your major, the big three is what I like to call them, Ford, GM, and uh, Chrysler, and uh, Fiat Chrysler's but we also make uh, driveline components for uh, VW, of course, off-road for John Deere and, uh, and things like uh, locomotive, uh, as well as we have Toyota and, and Nissan. So a lot of those, all the driveline gear, gearing, if you're driving a, a new Ford truck, that's probably our gearing underneath of it. So just give you a heads up there. Today, what I want to talk about a little bit is about this uh, evolution from the 1.0, you know, the old steam and water power to the 2.0 when we entered the mass production and assembly lines. And then from there, uh, 3.0, and, and by the way, some of the guys I work with tease me about being around for all four of them, but uh, electronics and uh, IT and automation. And now as we enter into the uh, the mobile and then now to the connected side, such as the cyber physical systems, the uh, internet of things, uh, augmented reality. Today, we're gonna show you some of the things that we're doing. Uh, the most important information side of uh, the processes that I'll be showing to you today is the ability to, to let those people know what's going on with our assets, uh, you know, they can see the bigger picture and then also get to the technical information as we move forward. I'm sure your factories and, and your place workplaces are, are like ours. You're doing more with less. You know, we have less uh, resources such as maintenance trade pe tradespeople. Um, you know, we have new technologies coming into the plants with not, not having a lot of time to train our trades and crafts people. And then also, uh, even with the, the lack of engineering support, however, we can move forward. So what, what we're doing is we're going to show you some ways that we were able to overcome these uh, lack ofs and make them the, now the standard of what we're doing and, and get this information out to the people on the floor. And that's where I deal with many times is the, the, the actual tradespeople right on the floor. Dana actually has uh, 39, 39 sites actively. Uh, Rona, I'm getting some background, background noise. Uh, 39 sites actively using uh, EMATE CMMS. Uh, we have 22 plants on the list for 2020 that we'll be rolling that out to. Uh, we currently are tracking 29,000 assets within our uh, CMMS program. And, uh, and over 21,000 PMs and, and the list goes on. So it's all trackable data that we can use. It's really, uh, 
whatever CMMS program you, you're using, the ideal is to actually be able to see that information and not uh, having these silo plants, if you will, so never, everybody can see that. One of the things that we're doing with, um, with our CMMS program, which happens to be EMATE, and by the way, we started with EMATE uh, before Fluke purchased them, and it's really, it's been a great um, connection group uh, since Fluke took over because now we're also using a lot of the Fluke Connect tools and things like that, so it's worked out well. But what's nice for us, and when we talk about global and, uh, and management tracking of our uh, systems, we can log on and see instant information. For example, how many work orders are open, in the, in the moment, how many PMs, how many safety work orders. This is all data that is updated as soon as the work order is either created or in many cases, as soon as the work order is uh, closed, the data is, is uploaded. The other thing that I'd like to show you, and uh, I'm gonna do a quick change here. The Some of the things that i like to show you is our EMATE training. We actually create documented videos on how to train our, our employees, and we put it right in our CMMS program, so we can train our uh, employees and all they can click on a video. The nice thing about this is, is if we have a very specific training that we want our tradespeople to look at or review, and they're on the back shift, we can create a work order, assign it to that employee, have them go out, take the time to go out and read it, and then they close their work order, add their labor and their comments to that. They don't understand it, then we can get back to them specifically. But it's a real nice system within our EMATE system that uh, that we can track that. Very handy. Uh, it's basically a system where we can upload to to uh, to our personal YouTube channel and then embed these into whatever location we want, and it really works nice. <clears throat> get get out of there. Sorry about this. Get back over here. And uh, so that's that's really a, uh, a nice process within our CMMS program, and it's been very popular with our tradespeople. Next, we're going to move into the the newer technologies, uh, as far as the 4.0, and I think we talked a little bit where we're at and how did we get there, uh, as far as you know, we went from the the mass production assembly lines to IT, and now now something a little bit different. The the use of the mobile or or the handheld groups uh, tools now out on the floor for our guys uh, for our tradespeople is very important, and we're doing some some nice uh, technology for them and showing them easy accessible uh, data, and especially when you're a tradesperson and you're on the back shift and you need to get to the information while you're working on a machine, I'm going to show you what we have allowed our maintenance people to see and how quickly and how how, how much uh, uh, the positive sides of, of what that is for the tradespeople. Instead of having to wait and talk to an engineer in the morning and have a machine down all night long, now they can get to the information they need immediately. So with that, what we did is we actually created a uh, Dana Interactive Map System uh, and then with that, I'm going to jump over to our slides. Excuse me. 
what this is, uh, I'm sure you're all familiar with, um, make that a little bigger here, you're all familiar with Google Earth. Basically, this is just a, a snapshot in time of within one of our factories. So it's, uh, it's pretty much exactly like uh, Google Earth, if you will. You can move around the plant, you can focus in, you can bring it out. Uh, it's a real nice system. It takes a snapshot in time, like I said, and then we have an interactive map over here that you can uh, move around this factory, if you will, and then we can place specific icons on, on equipment by, and I, I changed this a little bit for the presentation, but you can zoom into a different level or zoom out and see different things. But what I'm gonna show you, and let me just click on this one for example, I'm gonna jump over to this machine and it immediately flies over to one of our machines here and we have different information that we can look at. You can uh, jump around, move around the plant. You can look at the, uh, the machinery or for the maintenance people, it's great because you can look at the coolers that they're using and, and where I've really used it as a maintenance manager is where we can look at this equipment and say, hey, I need this part. I've got an eight week lead time. Contact that plant and say, do you have a spare? And this is what I'm looking for, and it's really worked great. Um, and that's where we're—that's what we're looking at. The other thing is, I'm going to jump over to another machine here. This is a perfect example of one of our machines that has uh, the Fluke uh, Connect information on it. So we have hyperlinks that jump over right to our uh, to our vibration and and temperature analysis on this machine. We can put all kinds of hyperlinks in this area. What I'm going to do real quick here is jump over and show you. Oh, let me get this refreshed. These are the uh, that machine that we just looked at, and if you click on click on the hyperlink, and I'm not going to do it just because of our loading speed here, you can see that our vibration analysis for this machine is uh, is uh, I can look at over a period of time. I can see what asset I, that I'm associated to. I can see the temperature ranges that my gearbox is running. So I know if if the uh, temperature would get into the alarm state, then a automatic gen uh, an automatic work order would be generated for a mechanic to go over and check that equipment before the operator even knows that there's a problem. So that's a great tool when you're uh, when your operators are handling several machines or or many, many times, many machines that they're trying to deal with. They don't know that there's a problem coming up. So we can do that with both vibration and uh, temperature in this case here. I don't know why my screens are not updating, right? But then we, we have a, a whole list of, of uh, machines that are sensors that we're monitoring. Okay, so that's, those, that's the other thing that we're doing within our CMMS system. And then it would automatically write that work order and send it to the tradespeople so they can go out and take a look at it. <clears throat> so that's that is one of the I think one of the neatest uh, processes that we have for the for the new systems. Um, I I think I forgot to show you one more little here. When you get inside these systems here. What, we, what we're planning on doing is we're going to be able to scroll out, and since we're a global operation, we, we will scroll out to the 
worldview of this and I can type in whatever uh, plant that I want to jump into since we have plants uh, in Mexico and, and Europe and, and Africa and uh, South America, we can just type in that location and then we can jump right to that. I think uh, this is a really nice process and it's uh, basically an interactive map system. You can move around your, your building. You can, uh, anybody from, I'm currently sitting in Toledo and I'm looking at one of our, our plants here in uh, Lafayette, Indiana. So very nice to be able to go in there and click on it. You can uh, upload your point of interest and all kinds of information on it. So we're in the process of building these right now. So this is uh, really early on in our stage, but we, uh, we really do like the process of uh, being able to go around the plant and do this. There's, there's going to be an, a revision shortly. I'm going to show you one more thing. So that, if you will, when you're holding your cell phone and you're taking a, a photo of something, what you'll do is you'll turn to a machine or you'll turn to a, somebody standing around and you will, your phone will actually focus on that. What we're planning on do, rather than, rather than having um, it actually you click from here to click to there, you're going to actually bring your iPad or whatever you're using, and as it focuses on the machine, then this screen will pop up with all the data that you need for this specific machine. So there'll be no clicking. It'll be just pretty much instantaneous, depending on what plant you're in. So that's going to take a little bit. That's a uh, process, process that will grow as we add more data and, and process links into that so that the tradespeople can actually see their mechanical prints, if you will, electrical prints, maybe troubleshooting techniques, anything that you want to create in a, uh, a PowerPoint, you can hyperlink all that over here and you can edit it and make those processes relatively easy. Hope I'm not going too fast for that. <clears throat> so that's our interactive map system that we're using. And, uh, and that is just a, a brand new technology that we're just rolling out. In fact, is this technology is the, uh, the latest that we've started presenting. We're pretty early into the presentation and we're probably looking at, we have three plants rolled out right now and we're, we're currently making some changes. And then in January of this next year, we will actually start rolling out. Uh, we're hoping to get 20 plants, 20 plants rolled out with that. It actually comes with, um, it's not just a CMMS program and the interactive maps. We also have a thing what we called uh, our whiteboard. And I'm gonna also jump over to that technology. <clears throat> what we have is we have a whiteboard system that is posted at, at the end of each one of our lines. And here's a, here's a live account today. And you can see this is hour by hour status. And you can see that we, we were scheduled to make 69 parts. We only made 36 in that hour. But it actually tells you what the problem was over here. And, and if, if there's a continued maintenance problem, then they would, um, they would add a work order, um, a work request. And we can uh, see live updates from anywhere that we're at. Uh, in the world, basically, as long as we can log in, we can see each plant. 
This happens to be a Toledo Live account, and we can see what's going on with this one line. Or if I want to change the line, I can move around and see the different lines on the plant, and this gives you an idea where we're at. The other nice feature about this, each line we can also look at the FDT loss for that line and see what our problems were for that for that process. So just a quick view on how this all ties back to our maintenance system. <clears throat> so that's another feature that we're using. I want to talk next about uh, we have another I'm sure many of your plants have uh, robotic cells or cells that are now you're unable to see what's actually happening um, in your in your processes. So what we did is we came up with a DanaVision system that not only records uh, it's motion activated, it records it and documents it, so I can do a playback over a previous week. I think we we can store as many as 10 days in this system and then it writes over it and what and I'm just going to play a quick video here one of the problems that we had we tried to overcome was being able to get in here and see this equipment while it's being loaded robotically inside of a, a weld cell if you will it's going to flash a little bit but shouldn't bother your eyes and then this gives us an uh, inside view of where the maintenance people can take a look and see what's going on uh, we have a lot of clamps and things like this and and uh, welders but the uh, the whole process is very hard if you can't see when you're trying to troubleshoot it we actually had some of these housings falling out these clamps were not opening and clamping right so we were able to use the uh, dana vision system to be able to now troubleshoot areas that you can't get into Uh, the next item that I will get into here is uh, I'm not sure how many of you have seen different leak test processes over the years. Um, I've used in my 44 years all different types of, of systems and it seemed like the best system was uh, go in your plant at Christmas or shutdown time and that was the only time you could really find air leaks. I was working with Fluke um, a month ago or so and they showed us the new II-900 sonic industrial imager for air leaks and we walked through our plant where we had just finished doing having an outside firm come in and do a uh, air leak samples and walked around the plant with this new imager and we were able to uh, find leaks that the outside firm which we paid a lot of money for uh, didn't find and I want to show you in this video how easy and how uh, how neat it is to uh, to use this system. In fact, this Frederick uh, from uh, from Fluke was here training one of my technicians, and in less than really in less than five minutes, my technician was already trained. And I'll show you a quick video. In fact, this is a live operation plant. I'm gonna. I don't know if you can hear the volume, but I'm going to turn the volume down. Pretty loud plant. As is, you just point and shoot this thing, and uh, you can see the the air leaks are imaged. You can take a snapshot of it. I'm going to I'm going to show you uh, again. In fact, is 
it's funny when we were showing this uh, technician how to use this thing, he couldn't hear the air leak and he couldn't see it uh, without the imager. And if you'll you'll notice here at the end, he's going to take another picture. It's even showing the deflection of the air. He had to reach back in there to confirm that it was leaking. Uh, he was very impressed with this process. The other thing we did, uh, we were walking around the plant with this imager, just holding it in our hands. And as we walked around this machine, the machine actually, or the imager actually picks up the air leak, which was behind the door of this machine. And as you can see, this is a pretty uh, visible problem. However, I knew exactly what was happening when I saw the bucket inside the machine that somebody opened a bleeder to drain off some of the moisture, it looks like, in the uh, equipment and then just left it cracked open. However, it's, it's also a very costly mistake and something that you don't want to have happening all the time because, uh, you know, air is a very expensive commodity. So that was uh, amazing technology. And then the, the nice thing about this is we can take these images right from the, uploading them from the imager, put them in our document storage, and then we can add that image right to our work order and send that to our tradespeople to go out and fix it. So how nice is it to have that image that is worth a thousand words, if you will, to tell that mechanic or a repair person to go out there and, hey, need you to go out and fix this leak. Here it is. Uh, just an amazing new technology that we're using. Uh, and, and then the nice, the nice process is, again, being able to attach that right to the work order. Also within the air leak system, uh, air leak checker, the other thing that we're, that I was impressed with, we were standing on the floor of the building and just scanning around and you can see that this, this imager picked up an air leak to an air hoist up on top of one of our cranes which in this case here, I just estimated to be over 25 feet away. And we were able to pick up that air leak uh, uh, that far away, and it was just very visible. In fact, as you can tell how, how large it is by 25 feet away, and look at the size of that, uh, that picture. So, so immediately they got up, in this case here with a JLG, and, and checked it, and we had a cracked air air hose going over to the hoist so it was a quick fix and my gosh a, a huge saving so so that's kind of giving you an idea when you look at the cost of air leaks <clears throat> you know you can you can try to calculate those out uh, what is that air leak going to cost you over over time and there's different scales that you can use for that but one of the things that we're doing now is we're we're actually looking at going through our plants, monitoring the power consumption from our air compressors, because that's a big part of your cost, and then uh, repairing the air leaks, and then seeing how much our uh, air compressor usage goes down, as well as our power supply to these air compressors. So it's a combination uh, once you get into this. The nice thing again, is you can do these air checks while the equipment is running, while there's all kinds of noise in the plant, you don't have to wait for a shutdown time. 
uh, to do that air leak check. The other thing that we're working with Fluke right now is trying to say if this leak is this diameter and size, what is that leak gonna cost us? And 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 I think it's uh, one of those things that you'd have to basically get some background, some history, uh, make some checks, monitor your power consumption, monitor your air consumption, and then see how much this is actually saving you. So really a great new tool from uh, Fluke that we're using. And uh, we're currently going from plant to plant doing this with uh, one of our technicians and eventually we'll get one of these for for sister plants that are close by or, or maybe one for each plant. I kind of went through my presentation a little bit too fast here, but the one thing that I wanted to uh, review is, is uh, the way that we've, we've created this process and the changes that I've seen over the years uh, that, we, that we started. And basically we just started with starting out implement, implementing a CMMS program, we happen to use eMate. And then from there, we went to the eMate fluke sensors um, and the uh, vibration and monitoring systems. We started taking digital photos, started creating uh, training videos. Uh, we also made the dashboards for our trades and crafts people, as well as our management. Uh, we have auto-generated reports that as a maintenance manager, I would receive absolutely every morning at six o'clock when I walked in the door, all coming right out of the data that was put in by our tradespeople overnight. And let me explain that. The way that the work orders would come in, different ways, whether they're coming in under work request or work order, then the that document was uh, tracked within our graphs and charts as well as, as the tradesperson makes the repair, he puts in his total labor hours, the total time it takes, total parts, all that was uh, manageable and trackable. So the next morning when I walk in, I know exactly how much we, we put in parts overnight, what the problem was, how we repaired that problem. And it's uh, really been a great process for, for our people uh, on the floor. And then, uh, Again, the I want to talk a little bit about that because many times when when you cross shifts with a problem, the the next shift maintenance people will walk in and have to uh, start troubleshooting from point A versus uh, point C or D. So, for example, now my tradespeople can walk in, see what the second shift people were working on, what they were doing to try to correct the problem. And from their comments, they can actually see where they need to move forward. They can kind of review their processes. And that's all available to our tradespeople from shift to shift. So, so that's a really nice process. The other thing that we do with our, with our system, whether it be in uh, the interactive maps, where they can look at the, the prints, which used to be in the engineering uh, filing cabinet, if you will, now is live, available on each asset. Very, very great uh, information for the tradespeople to be troubleshooting, and that's, uh, that's a very nice process. One of the things that I didn't put in my presentation that I'm sure you're aware of, and that is uh, 3D printed parts. Uh, we have 
started moving to 3D printed parts for many of our applications, especially the end of arm tooling, things like that, uh, where we can eliminate uh, airlines flopping around and, and processes like that, that we can actually incorporate that, that airline right into the 3D printed part at the end of the arm tooling, or many times clamps and uh, holding devices that we can use uh, 3D printed parts that are very quick to replace, a very low cost to replace versus having to take a part into a tool room and, and have it heat treated and, and, and multiple processes, we can now 3D print it. If you're not doing that, you need to look into that. And then the other thing that uh, I wanna talk about is moving maintenance from plant overhead to a value business, business unit. Uh, the way that we have done that through at the Dana organization is we have actually said, we will look at this equipment, give you better uptime and show you the, the processes that we did to make that happen. So we would track it and make four panels, if you will, and then create cost saving or cost avoidance, four panels showing them that we were able to keep this equipment running for longer times and especially when the production people were there and when the customer uh, demands were there. And we would show that as a value to the company or cost avoidance to the company, showing them that the maintenance organization is now part of that business unit versus overhead. That all comes down to uptime and reliability on the equipment that you're already familiar with. And so those are the things that we actually track to show the, the management side that maintenance is on their team and working within that organization, trying to do the best we can to create that cost savings. Then the most important part about that, if you're not doing it uh, or using those different technologies, it's very easy to get started. It just takes some dedication, some time. The benefits are huge and uh, and I just wanted to share that with you on how we can move forward with that. The other thing is the, the ability to, to start within any CMMS program and keep building from there, getting that information, and I keep talking about this, but I have really learned that it's so important to get this data to the trades and crafts people. Okay, uh, so, one of the things that we wanted to do was talk about uh, what is your timeline for the organization to for digitizing your plants or facilities. And I think this is where they're gonna send out this poll question. I think Rona will be doing that. I, while that's happening, I wanna give you a little heads up of where we are here at Dana. I showed you some new technologies and, and a lot of information that we're doing. However, we're very early on in on the interactive maps process uh, rolling out. Uh, we are currently 39 plants rolled out on our EMATE uh, technology uh, for our CMMS. And we, we are now tracking lots of data with that. Again, I talk about the siloing of companies and, and different uh, locations. What we're doing is we're trying to roll out 20 plants a year with all of our, um, what I call the MES team processes. And right now, we, like I say, we're pretty early onto it. 
So I'm going to say it's going to take us a good 10 years to get everybody online. But uh, we do have a goal of 20 plants uh, per year. So so that's a pretty aggressive and, a, and it takes a pretty good team to do that. But uh, when you once you get the commitment, you can see the value added processes that we'll have. Great. All right. It looks like we've got about two thirds of the votes in. So uh, if you want to just respond to the question, we'll leave the poll open just for a few more seconds and then we'll share results. Um, and these will only be shown in aggregate. So no, no wrong answers here. <laughs> All right. Great. So it looks like, Bob, um, about a third of the people say they, uh, they have plans within the next two years. And 35% wow, say within five years, 17 say within 10, and then 6% 20, and only 8% say there may be never or no plans. So that's quite mm -hmm. a, uh, um, well, that's about two thirds say within five years. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, and I think once you get into the these processes, you're going to find that they're so valuable, but the other part of it, it's relatively easy to get going that way. You know, when we, when I first started uh, uh, just a few years ago, uh, we, you know, we never thought we would be at this position at this time. So I think it's really rolling fast. It's actually exciting. I've uh, been in the per, in uh, maintenance for a long time, as you saw my bio there, but I just can't leave because it's so fun and it's so neat to see all the new technologies that are happening. And uh, we are seeing maintenance, or we are seeing data and information in the maintenance of the trades and crafts people that we have never seen before. And we are sharing that data and information across the organization all the way to the top. And I think that uh, that really brings the organ maintenance organizations to a whole never another level. So those people that are really moving fast within that two-year window, that is great. We are, we are on it right now. Uh, my, my response was more as uh, how am I going to get all 159 locations done? It will take 10 years. However, we are started right now and, and we're really uh, moving forward quickly. I wanted to also kind of give you some information here on myself and, and how to contact me. Uh, I'd be more than happy to share with you what we're doing or, or talk to you about uh, how we are doing some things here at the Dana Group. And uh, um, you can email me, like, uh, like I said, probably be the best way. I do travel a lot. So shoot me an email and uh, shoot me a question. Or maybe if you have some ideas that I can use, that would be awesome too. So we're certainly not the... Uh, we're not the best at it yet, but we're learning and we're excited about where we're going. <clears throat> okay, Rona, I think this is yours. Okay, well, thanks so much, Bob, for sharing all that. Very exciting. We've had quite a flurry of questions come in, but please feel free to type all your questions. If we can't answer them in the allotted time, we'll get back to you after the webinar in writing because uh, we appreciate the feedback. So. Um, Bob, we had someone ask about the software when you were showing us how you walk through the plant and we're mm -hmm. able to kind of see a 360 view. Can you talk about the software that you utilize to uh, generate that image? Well, actually, 
uh, I got to, I, maybe I should have prefaced this right up front. I got to tell you, I'm a millwright by trade. I'm a journeyman, uh, multi-craft millwright. And uh, so when we start talking about CMMS systems, uh, I can talk to it. But when it talks about software packages and things like that, I can't. However, if that person will shoot me an email, I would be glad to try to get that information to them. Okay, fair enough. Um, on the dashboards, you mentioned that you have, I think Dana has over 150 plants, you know, that you're planning to roll out to and, um, you know, all with different systems. And you showed some uh, the dashboards. Do you tend to standardize? Maybe you can speak a little bit about what you standardize across all plants and um, particularly when it comes to your dashboards. Oh, yes, and I'm glad that question was asked because uh, that's something I should have covered. One of the reasons that our uh, plant uh, management wanted us to do this as well is so that uh, we can uh, we can standardize the metrics, uh, our KPI metrics, if you will, because uh, it's very critical that we track the same metrics as we go across the plants, even if they're doing a little bit different process. For example, mean time to repair, mean time between failure, uh, those are things that are critical, PM compliance. But one of the most critical uh, processes that we do, and one of the reasons that was, I think, probably a real key player in, in pushing us to, to roll out, in this case, EMATE, uh, our CMMS system across all the organization, which is the same, is when we had our uh, big three audit, uh, they came through and they seen how we were tracking our data within the CMMS system, the EMATE that we're using right now. And they said that the auditors responded back to the company that that certainly was the best practice. In fact, is we got a best practice award for that. So, so that was a key player in the quality uh, auditing as they came through and did our plants. So that was, uh, that was, why we're doing that and that's why we're going across the organization basically to get everybody on the same page as well as to uh, make sure that our auditors and, and the processes that we use are are in alignment with the company's plans okay you mentioned a few uh kpis but can you share you know um maybe run through a list of what you feel are uh, the most impactful KPIs for improving reliability? Yes, in fact is, uh, gosh, we track so many things. Uh, it'd be amazed, you'd be amazed on what we track. Uh, for example, and everybody's concerned about safety. We have a process that as soon as a safety work order, that becomes a priority work order. We track not only uh, when that work order comes in, how long did it take to repair that problem? You know, we also have automated gener auto-generated emails that go out to the safety people and, and everybody when that happens, when a safety work order comes in. We also even track now that uh, we have certain requirements for our tradespeople, as you know, such as our flash uh, gear and, and special uh, training when they're inside pits, confined space, things like that. So we have forms that they actually fill out electronically within our in our EMATE system, and it's all trackable and recordable in there. So that's a very important metric that we track and, and easy to access through our system. Um, I have to tell you this, that 
this was a process that even EMATE had never ventured into. And with their engineering support, they were able to help us create these uh, these tracking tracking abilities and forms that we have them fill out now. So it's a great process. As well as we track everything from every work order on a machine when it was generated and how many work orders are generated by the day, by the hour. We actually look at, uh, we have developed a efficiency process for our maintenance people. It's, all, it's pretty easy to create an efficiency process for production, but it was always pretty hard to create one for maintenance. So we use a tracking system that we have created in our CMMS program that will actually look at the total number of work orders created in a shift or a day, and then how many of those work orders were completed, looking at our efficiency for that group, and then we look at, uh, so we have a standard metrics that we look at, and we kind of use that as a gauge, as well as we start looking at the total number of pieces of machinery in the plant to the total number of maintenance people available. So we look at a ratio across our plants. Uh, what is the ratio? Is it 20 machines to every one mechanic or tradesperson? Uh, you know, so that's been a real valuable uh, asset because many of the, uh, what I call the upper management or your plant managers never realize that you have, uh, you know, one, one tradesperson covering 39 pieces of equipment when you look at the ratio across the plant. Not that you're gonna get a work order for every one, but it does bring it in perspective when they have to look at that across, across the entire organization or even if you break it down to that very specific plant. So that's, that's really been a good metric for us to track. Um, we also track, one of the hard things to track originally was rebuilding. Uh, and, and our auditors are very, very impressed with the way that we track pieces of equipment that we're rebuilding. For example, we have uh, reheat furnaces. When was the last time it was rebuilt? What did you do? That's all trackable and manageable within EMATE system. Um, so those are the type of things, and I know I'm missing a lot of them, but it's it's once you get that data built in there into the system and your and your tradespeople, that's the key. Your tradespeople are putting the data in for you, and uh, very very important. Well, Hope that like answered your question. I think that that's great, and uh, it sounds like maybe maybe next year we might have to tap you to do a webinar just on KPIs. There's so many, but yeah. um, you mentioned how important it is to get the data and get the adoption from the tradespeople, you know, that are using it. Maybe you can speak to that. What what has been the reaction? You know, how long did it take to learn? What were some good tips that you can give regarding training and your approach to training? both EMATE University and the training videos and dashboards we produced. Sure. Well, uh, I'm glad, I, I'm going, this was really a concern that we had when we when we rolled out uh, our CMMS program because uh, we knew that we wanted our tradespeople to put this information in, but I had guys in my group that literally either were still using flip phones or they didn't even want a cell phone at all. They had no, they have no plans and they had never, entered data like this before. And honestly, they were a little skeptical about typing in what they did overnight. So what really changed that for, for my people and made it really, I've got some guys that, uh, and I'm not gonna talk about age when you're, 
when you're dealing with a guy that's been in the industry for 44 years, going on 45 years, but I've got some guys that just didn't want to do that. So once I showed them, we were using iPads at the time, that all they had to do for typing in their comments was push the little microphone and speak into it, and then push the microphone to shut it off. They were so impressed with that, Rona. It was like an easy sell. And then, of course, the younger people just loved the new technologies, and they were able to take right off of that. And that was a real challenge when we first started out. But uh, so that that was uh, one of the concerns that we had. And one of and the way that we overcame that was by using, uh, like I say, the new electronic devices. And I like the iPad just because it's the, as far as a mobile device, it's pretty compact, yet it still gives you the full screen views and we can uh, take pictures with it. Right now we're actually logging into the repair and logging out of the repair by taking a snapshot of the QR code that's on the machine. It uploads the data, it gives them a start time, it gives them a stop time when they're done, and then they uh, close out the work order from there. So it's really instantaneous from the time the repair started to the time the repair stops. As well as if you're adding equipment or parts or comments to that, then the next group can can certainly see that and see what they've uh, changed out already. And, and that's been a challenge over the years. So that's that was really some of the challenges that we had going forward, especially getting, especially getting started. Now, I did have quite a few maintenance meetings showing the guys um, just a 40-minute meeting. Uh, hey, this is how you use this. And if you have any questions, we had a dedicated Craig Lithicum, one of our electricians, was dedicated to training our guys. We have over 80 maintenance people at that plant. And uh, they would email him, talk to him in the morning, talk to him in the afternoon, and he would help them through it. He was uh, just a huge asset to, to training. So very important to have somebody available, even if, it, even if it's one of your tradespeople, which in our case, worked out absolutely great. So <clears throat> hope that answered that. Yes, I think you may have answered this, but someone is asking how you identify your uh, your assets, R codes or QR. Uh, you reference QR, is that what you do across the board? Yes, within our CMS program, once you've created the asset, uh, now ever we have different naming conventions across all of our plants. It's kind of funny, that's that, that original old style siloing, siloing, if you will, everybody kind of did their, their own thing. But we have a naming convention in our processes that we're trying to pretty much standardize the naming convention, if you will, create that asset number. And then uh, from that asset number within our, and I'm going to use eMate because I just love that program, but eMate, once you have the asset created, there's a uh, just a tab you click on, you open up the cell and it gives you the QR code right there. Then we take that QR code, we transfer it over to a, uh, a stamping process, uh, laser etching, and they laser etch it and we stick it right on the machinery. Great process. However, I'll preface that with, we, we have a lot of heat treat furnaces and what we ended up having to do is take some high heat paint uh, to, you know, how like you use on uh, motors, high heat paint, and we'd spray the piece of metal, and then we would etch the QR code into that, and it worked out perfect. 
So we've had some challenges, but it's really worked great. Excellent. Um, you showed in one of the videos, I think, where you were using a fluke sensor, you know, in a heart to reach place. And one of our listeners is asking what fluke sensors, <coughs> excuse me, you employ at Dana that you have currently in use. Okay, the, currently we have quite a few different sensors that we're using at Dana. And we're trialing different things, such as the uh, infrared sensors, looking at uh, the electrical, electrical connections. I can move that around the plant. Um, we can, we're using that. We're looking at temperatures for monitoring hydraulic pressure, uh, excuse me, hydraulic temperatures uh, that, are, that are built right into the hydraulic tanks. That's one of the things that we, we tend to have a problem with, especially in our, in our plants that are not uh, climate controlled. And then we also have the fluke vibration uh, sensors and the, um, which also includes temperature on those little sensors that we put right on the equipment. Uh, those all go right to the dashboard. I could, I'd be happy to show many of the different applications we have, is now we're also monitoring power uh, usage. We had a plant that was uh, having continued electrical problems only to find out the incoming power to the plant was the problem. We were dropping in a uh, dropping line voltage and we weren't able to track it until we finally started tracking our incoming line power. And uh, so we've got a, and I don't have the list in front of me of all the, the spec numbers for this equipment, but a lot of different applications. And for that, what I would do is, and what we do a lot is uh, connect with fluke specialists tell them what our problem is and do they have a solution for us. Uh, we're, we're now, and I don't know if many of the listeners know this, but Fluke also purchased a company called Proof Technic, and they have other solutions for hardwired sensors, uh, such as vibration and, uh, and uh, temperature tracking. We are gonna be using uh, some of those tools in our, one of our plants that is a very critical to our, it's a big cooler system that we use. And if that goes down, so goes the plant. So we're looking at different monitoring systems for that. That too will be uh, also monitored right through our CMMS uh, eMake system. Excellent. So I can't give you all the specific names, but or numbers, but get a hold of your Fluke uh, support person. They will connect with you and, and get you connected somehow. Right, and we've had many questions come in about the software um, that he's demonstrating, both the email CMMS and the various products. And please, there'll be a survey at the end of the presentation. And if you'd like any more information about anything you've seen today, just please check the box and we'll have a representative. Um, Bob is a customer and anything you'd like to know about Dana, he can share, but we're happy to also put you in touch with uh, some representatives and product specialists that can um, speak more about the various solutions. Um, one listener is asking, you mentioned uh, how important it is the adoption of the trades. And do you have a certain ratio? How do you determine the right ratio of tradespeople to assets? Or how is it determined what's the right you know, number of tradespeople in each plant? Maybe you can speak to that. Yeah, I can. In fact, is I'd love to speak to that because that's been a challenge. Anytime you're a maintenance manager, what is that right number? So what the nice thing about having a CMMS system that you can track your backlog, 
track your total time to repair. All those um, mean time between failures, all those kind of things pull into that, to the answer for that question. Is there a magic number out there? No, but I can certainly tell you this, when you start building up your work order backlog of, uh, and then prioritizing that equipment, and it's, it's pretty much gonna come out and tell you what that answer is for your plant. Uh, you know, we have some plants that might be 30 to one, but then we also have some plants that are seven or eight to one, strictly because of the importance of that line. And if that line is down at all, then it's gonna affect the customer. If that line is down because you don't have enough maintenance people or, or technicians or people like that available, then, then it really becomes very good data for you to be able to, to walk into your, to your meeting and say, hey, uh, when we start looking at our uh, plans for next year, I wanna increase our trades and crafts group or engineering group by X number of people, and this is why. You re it really gives, this is where EMATE, I'm gonna use EMATE here because I, I'm excited about this. I was able to walk into these meetings and give them very specific downtime, very specific problems. I could break it down to the, we have a lot of departments in our plant, and I could break it down by department, what machines were consi consistently causing problems, where I needed engineering support, where I needed more maintenance people. Uh, it was awesome to be able to walk in with that data and show them the, the ratio and all this kind of, uh, I gotta tell you, once I walked in with that information, there wasn't one person on that committee that was able to, to tell us anything different and they were excited to be able to have the data now to be able to help make those decisions. Do we need more tradespeople or more engineering support? And so that's where it's very important to have that CMMS system that can, that can give you that information. And then you present it, you gotta be able to pull it out, present it, and, uh, and I think all the maintenance managers that are on this line can probably tell you there, they just need the data to be able to present the data. Well, excellent. No. We're, I'm, uh, wanna be respectful of time here. Uh, we have so many questions and um, uh, Bob, this has been so <laughs> intriguing. Uh, we promise that if we didn't get to your question, we will get back to you. Um, later on, we'll make sure that Bob or some a member of our team does get you an answer. And um, so that we're going to conclude today's webinar. And I'd like to really thank you, Bob. This is wonderful. Thanks so much for taking time out of, I know how busy it is being in the middle of a rollout, but to, to share your experience, we really appreciate it. Thanks to all our listeners for, um, for dialing in and for all of your feedback. When I end the webinar, there will be a survey that comes up. You can request a copy of the slides. Um, you can also ask to have uh, for, for more information about any of the products that you've seen here. And again, we'll post the recording on um, our Excelix website, and we will be following up in an email in a few days with a link to the recording as well. So thanks again to Bob McKenna and to Dana, and uh, my congratulations on what you've accomplished and uh, Again, want to express our appreciation for you sharing really what can be done with some tools and determination, I guess. And uh, we hope for our listeners that, as Bob said, anyone can do this. You just, you know, just have to take that first step. And uh, Bob or any of us are all here to help. So thanks again, Bob. Well, we'll, we'll talk again soon. Thank you for our listeners. You and Thank you. We'll see you all the next time.
Thank you very much. Bye-bye.